I'm Kira. And I'm Sarah. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Decommission. My brain is a mosh pile of disaster, so it's always a possibility that something that I've forgotten will come back out of nowhere. Anyway, welcome. Happened yesterday. What was the thing you were trying to think of yesterday? And it just, I was like, I can't stop thinking of it. And then you stop thinking of it. And three seconds later, you're like, this is what we were thinking of. Oh, and Xenon's friend's name. Nebula. Yeah, it was it was was Nebula. Yeah. So I have this ability where when I forget something, it's not something I can control and it doesn't happen every time. But if I forget something and I think about it for a little bit and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't. I don't I, I I can't remember what this is. Um and I kind of turn my brain off a little bit. That thing will just kind of like rise to the surface. So yesterday we could not remember what Xenon's friend Nebula's name was. And so I just kind of turned my brain off and then I went, "Oh, Nebula, there we go." <laughs> Meanwhile, my brain is still just trying to think and think and think and I can't think of it. S- Sarah's got an old uh gramophone going. <laughs> Where is it? I'm scrolling. I can't find her anywhere. <laughs> That's exactly what yeah. I sound like. Oh, and, and the your, gramophone your, in your head, yes. Your other big talent with recognizing faces like you did again in this movie, and I don't know how you do it. I do, girl, I don't know how I do it either. So in this movie, there is... Okay, here's something that I will toot my own horn about a little bit with this. He was far away. He was, and <laughs> like, he's young. He was really far this away. This kid was what, like... Nine years old, ten maybe. He was younger. Young. I don't know. He, he was, was young. way younger than he was at the start of Degrassi too. So Ryan Cooley, who plays JT on Degrassi: The Next Generation, is in The Color of Friendship as the friend of the random friend that's always tagging along. The congressman's family, yeah, and he's just always tagging along. He's their neighbor. They did say that he's their neighbor. Uh, and they were walking down some path or some hallway or something. And from far away, I was like, I think that's Ryan Cooley. I will say, I did not know his name. I think my brain went, I think that's no, JT. You know what from you did? You went, you went, no way. And then I, there was just silence. I'm like, what is she thinking? What is she thinking? She's like, no way. I was like, hold up. I think, I think what I said, anytime I recognize someone, I go, hold up. <laughs> I do that when I'm watching movies too. I'll, or I recognize someone's voice on animation. I'll go, hold up. And then I look it up and I was like, yeah, it's JT from Degrassi. And I knew exactly, well, I didn't know exactly what you're talking about because I'm like, oh, there's so the many, best character. there's so many characters in Degrassi. I remembered he died somehow, some way with a car. Somehow, some somewhere. Way. Somewhere. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, good. <laughs> but there's just so many characters in that show that I can't keep them straight. Who's pregnant? Who dies? I don't know. Never keep straight who's pregnant. They're all pregnant. <laughs> just assume they're all pregnant. So Sarah and I talked about this yesterday, but both of us used to watch Degrassi, The Next Generation, as like our we're home there's nothing on tv to watch type of show yeah. like it was my sick show like other people would watch you know maury povich and ricky lake price and all that is stuff. right i watched degrassi the, watch. the next generation yeah and i stopped watching after jt was shot because i <laughs> spoilers i guess if you're gonna for this go show from <laughs> that show was so 10 old, years yeah. ago 15 years ago 20 years ago uh, who knows it wasn't it he wasn't <laughs> shot 20 years ago he's not that much <laughs> we watched it when we were seven and eight I stopped watching after that because I was like, I don't care 
He's dead. I kept watching. And that's bad. Once I get into a show, it's really hard for me to stop watching when there's, I don't know, when characters keep developing. Like Degrassi, there's always characters going in and out. And I feel like yeah, I have always. to keep up with them, which is terrible with Degrassi because it kept going forever. Forever. And it's so soapy. So, so Degrassi, soapy. there's the next generation and then there's original, there's junior high and high school, I think. And we talked about that yesterday. I watched Degrassi Junior High in social studies in middle mm-hmm. school, and I don't know why. I cannot remember why we watched such a soapy teenage show. I thought it was in info studies, and it was about teen pregnancy. It was one of those, it was like our sex ed thing that was like... Ours was in social studies. I don't know why. No, you're right. No, no, no. I know exactly what episode it was. It was that one where that girl like changes her whole appearance. Oh, we watched it like every week. It was a weekly thing. Oh, ev- who is your teacher? Something with an H. We didn't do that. I remember now why we didn't do that. We had a student teacher the whole year. Ah, student and teacher was didn't amazing. want to do Degrassi. We did junior watch high. it. We watched Degrassi Junior High. We didn't have her the whole year. We had her for a year, uh, semester and a half. Um, and I do, but I do remember watching the episode where the girl like changes her whole appearance to run for like class president or something. And I watched that. So I would watch Degrassi Junior High when I was living on my own in college, and when I would go to the laundromat. <laughs> um, Passes the time. And, it was so, it okay. So the difference between Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High School, or whatever it's called, and then the Next Generation is that the Next Generation is just dramatics, soap, everything's super intense all the time, and the original two are just after school specials mm-hmm. where it's like everything's really important and the worst things are going to happen, but they're acted so absolutely atrociously. Uh-huh. The Next Generation still not great, but the way that you can tell that they're worst acting is because in Junior High and whatever the one after that is. So there's a, there's a girl named Spike in the in the in the original one, and she gets pregnant, and then has a girl who turns out to be in Next Generation, and she's the whole reason it's Next Generation. And Spike is the same actor between the two of them, and she's so bad in the new one. In Next Generation, she's like Emma, you can't go out today. We were gonna have lunch together. <laughs> it's really yeah. bad. What was the the guy who ends up being the principal? What's his name then? The tall guy with yeah. the blonder red hair. I think his name is Snake. Yeah, you're right. But he's not. He's not called Snake. He's only called Snake by like people who knew him before. He's like Mister Something or other. Huh. But I will say, okay, so I, <laughs> I've been wanting to rewatch Degrassi because it's trash. It's such trash, and it's the best kind of background noise trash because it's just so. I yeah. will not say enough how much trash it is, and Ethan's friend Wes who they have a podcast together, and it's called We Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, and it's great. Nice and they they yeah. quiz each other. I know. I love him so much that I'm <laughs> going to plug his podcast. They watch movies, and then they quiz each other on movies they haven't seen, and it's very fun, and they're very funny, and obviously I'm very biased because I think Ethan is amazing. But anyway, Wes was watching it all at the beginning of the pandemic, not the original series, but the Next Generation series, and I've, I'd seen you know a good chunk of it up until probably whatever happened in like 2000 and. 10 whenever darcy's younger sister appeared oh yeah Isn't or unless that... her name was darcy whenever the girl who moved on to be on 90210 left uh, and her younger sister came in yeah. that's the season where i was like goodbye <laughs> goodbye i'm done all of my original people are gone except for that one guy who's gonna be around forever <laughs> What one called Ryan, even though I know it's not his name. He has some stupid name that's like that's not Spike, but it's something like Spot or I don't know. I know exactly what. See, this is gonna happen again. What is his name? I need to look it up. Something. It's gonna bother me. (laughs) 
We should I'm go gonna back stop and thinking about it and remember, but I don't want to do that because it's going to bother me. What's your name? Sporky. <laughs> McGee. Slalom. Spider. Sp- Salamander. Oh, spider's close. Solitaire. <laughs> uh, Schroeder. That's that's definitely it. Oh, he's Mr. Simpson. Ah. Claire is the girl that I was thinking about. That's Darcy's younger sister. Spinner. That's, His name is that's Spinner. The one. I was right that it starts with an S. <laughs> he stays around for way too he long. Does. He's so old, yeah. too. I like, feel like but- even... I can't remember. Towards the later seasons, I feel like there's some sort of reunion. Or did they come out with some music video recently that... I feel like it no is. Didn't idea. Drake come out with a music video and he brought back all the people from Degrassi? That, that sounds vaguely yeah. familiar. I don't like Drake. I don't like that he grooms young girls to be his yeah, girlfriend. I don't like that either. But it's disgusting. I did watch that video because I wanted to see what they all look like now. So I do remember that. Yeah. His name ain't Drake. His name is Aubrey and it'll be Aubrey for the rest of his life. And If I ever met up and go, hey, Aubrey, how you doing? Aubrey. <laughs> you life good, Aubrey. I can just picture you seeing Drake somewhere in Hollywood. <laughs> I wouldn't do this. I talk big game. I'd be scared. But if I ever like had, to, if I ever got famous, and I had to interact with him, I would call him Aubrey to his face. <laughs> but as a weak plebeian, I would probably not say a word to him. And right, just you just keep going. Be sending my own bad aura yeah, over to him go. to just eat away at his own aura. Uh. Anyway, how back you... to this movie. <laughs> Wait, before that, how? How do people watch this? Is it on a streaming site or is it? It's on YouTube for oh, free, okay. I think. Let gotcha. me double check. I think it's also on a streaming. It's, let's see, Degrassi. I could probably look this up too, but. Degrassi. I always say I, w- I wish that you and I lived closer, obviously, for many to reasons. Me. But so that we could watch Degrassi together. That would be so It's fun. on Amazon Prime. It's been on Amazon Prime for years. Oh, we should watch it. Amazon Prime did get a uh, watch party. They did. Double check. I wonder if it's yeah. any good let me or check. if it's let like me, Hulu's. Let me see. We gotta see. We gotta, we gotta do it. see. What the heck is Degrassi Next Class? Apparently there's something that's, after Next Generation. That's the ne- Oh, that's Netflix. like the Next Generation. It's on Netflix. Ew. Yeah. I, I watched that. it because I couldn't resist and it's not great. Okay. So Next Generation is free with ads, but they're, it's not that bad. I, where's the original though? The original is so trash. <laughs> I wonder how many seasons Oh my the god, they're is. so young. Oh, they're so young. <laughs> my only thing about us watching this together <laughs> is that I would want to just like power watch. through it. Yeah. We could both just watch it at our own pace and then me- I mean, I've seen all the episodes. Nothing's going to surprise yeah, we've me. Yeah, seen it. I want to see I'm trying to see. Okay. In every generation. Oh yeah. So because this one's technically 2B TV, it's not included. But apparently it's all on YouTube. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Degrassi High. I didn't know that there was an actual yeah, Degrassi, Degrassi High. I thought it was just Degrassi Junior High and then Degrassi. Yeah, it's all it's all on YouTube. Yeah, it's all on YouTube under the official channel. Oh. Well, if it's the official channel, it shouldn't get taken down. Yeah. Yeah, they're... All on here under the Degrassi official channel, which is verified. Huh. Oh, they're all so young. Oh, my God. Except Spinner, who still looks like an ancient old man, despite the fact <laughs> he was young. Oh, man. Terry. Terry sucked. She was so boring. 
Yeah, we got we gotta watch. We gotta. <laughs> oh my gosh, fourteen seasons with like twenty eight episodes, twenty seven, twenty six. Wow, that's crazy. Oh my gosh, look how young they there are. is. YouTube so party. You can get like an an extension on Google Chrome where you can sync up, but also we can just sync up together. Yeah, but we can we can figure it out. But, oh, I need to watch this trash. I do, too. also, like, Sarah and I have this podcast, and we've talked about this multiple times. The main reason we have this podcast is because we want to be connected while being thousands of miles apart. Like, that's, that's that's our whole gig right now. And this is just another thing. Where we can connect. Also, Gina, we we gotta we gotta rope Gina in on this. Oh my gosh, I wonder if she would find this as entertaining as we do. I feel like she would. All right, I feel like she would enjoy the trash talking. Yeah, I think she would too, especially with such a corny show like this. It's <laughs> so it's show. so soapy. It's it's meant to be destroyed. We should make we should we should make a, a group chat of you, me, Gina, and probably Ethan. So he'll probably be watching at least some. Yeah, we should. Oh, I have to get Gina on Facebook. <laughs> Come on, we, we need can just text. Ch- it's fine. Oh, oh, ye old text. Ye old, ye old text. text messages. Well, Ethan doesn't have an Instagram. Mother, I would just say we do something with Instagram because oh. you can do you can link. Oh, I think there's a new thing where you can link Instagram and Messenger. I'll look into it. Hmm. Or honestly, Gina, I think had to make some sort of Facebook account for college to do that roommate search thing. So ew, that's dumb. Yeah. Facebook is gross and dumb. Anyway, let's go back to the movie. <laughs> Sorry if you guys all hate Degrassi and didn't want us didn't want to listen to us talk about it, but yeah, but it's important because JT is on the is in this movie yes. and he's the best Bring character it of the back. show. And he's great in this movie. He has like five lines and he's so charismatic and he's such a good performer and he delivers lines so well. I don't understand. He's very good. This is the role that gave him Degrassi all those years later. <laughs> so this movie is from two thousand. It's the third movie of our second season, obviously, but it's the, you know, the, th- the it's the second movie of the year 2000, I think. It's, I'm going to preface this, and I, I was thinking about this last night after we watched it. There are a lot of things about this movie we're not going to be able to talk about mm-hmm. because we don't know the African-American experience. We don't know the South African experience during par- apartheid. We just don't. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to try and speak for everyone. We're just going to try and base this on our own feelings about the movie as a movie. But it's going to be, once we get to the rating of it, I think that's going to be a really, I don't want to say intense, but it's going to be a really interesting discussion. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, you know, how are we going to rate this just based on the topic? I was thinking about that the whole time we were watching it yesterday. So it should be interesting. I'm worried, and this is, and I'm just going to be honest about this. I'm worried that, you know, if we give it a really good rating, but then someone's like, no, it did this really badly, actually, I'm going to be like, oh, crap, well, I didn't realize that. Or if we give it a lower rating because we think that it didn't do something well, then, you know, someone's be like, no, it did it really well. Why are you doing this? So it's 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 an interesting subject. And I haven't I haven't looked at anything. I haven't said my main issue actually isn't our overall rating. I think it's the issue of the test of time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's going to be probably the hardest one to rate. I'm just seeing if there was anything that would come to the top that was like, this movie's really bad. It covers this really badly type of thing. But it doesn't seem to, so 
we're just going to say our honest opinion. And if people have something that they really, they're like, no, it's this, it's this. Please let us know. I think this is an episode that it could be left open for discussion. Yes. And then in our wrap up or even in the next episode, we can. I think everything for this one is going to be tentative because I want to read more about apartheid. I'm going to, let me read the blurb and then, and then. I'll say what I was going to say, but mm-hmm. this movie's from 2000. It's in, it's rated TVG. It's an hour and 22 minutes, so it's a little short. And it's, it's um genres are drama and biographical. And the blurb is, two girls from different backgrounds come together and change each other's lives. Mari, a girl living in apartheid South Africa, and Piper, the daughter of a congressman, sorry, the daughter of congressman in Washington, D.C. Hate Disney the blurb. blurb writers, get Forever. on it. So bad must spend a semester together at Piper's house. After realizing that their preconceptions of each other were wrong, they have to face their assumptions and learn the true color of friendship. So, this movie's about apartheid South Africa through the eyes of a congressman's family living in America, basically. Mm -hmm. Something that Sarah and I discussed while watching it is that our educational curriculum for history in our school, our high school and middle school, awful Mm -hmm. we had two actual history classes the entire time we were in high school that were required and i don't even think there were really any that were uh optional that you could just add on i don't think i think just current events which i had but obviously that's not teaching you the history it's just it wasn't it wasn't it was optional but you had to take that or journalism because they were both current affairs related yeah i can't find i can't find them so i'm just i'll do a search later but yeah it's too frustrating so yeah so freshman year of high school we had to take first of all our history class through middle school was called social studies and it was called social studies through high school too and i and we watched a grassy junior high every week if that tells you anything about what we we never in my social studies class in seventh grade which i believe you were also in the same block you had mr sheehan yep yeah he was great he he talked a lot about current affairs and geography. Yeah. I actually that feel like our... I learned a lot from that class. I still remember lot. a lot of the projects. We did this, like, map made out of, I don't even know what it was, some sort of, like, clay sand thing, and you color-coded mm-hmm. by, map, like, We had a regions. topography map yeah. that we had to build. It I was remember amazing. that. We got Jolly Ranchers when we'd have yep. in-class quizzes. We had a quiz quizzes. every single week. Yeah, It was based on a video that was, like, a kid's news program, and we had to remember I information remember from this. And I remember one thing specifically. I won every week. Oh, yeah, because you, you would learn so much because you were motivated to get Jolly Ranchers. I was. Also, I'm so competitive. Yep. I'm I'm, I'm so stinking competitive, but also I'm really good at trivia. Yeah. And um, I remember one question that he had was, what was written on the police cars? And we had to get it exactly right. You want to know what it was? What? Police backwards. Ah, nice memory. You had to see it in the, you had to see it in the rear view mirrors. Look at you. And I think about that daily. He was great. <laughs> he was great. Yeah. Our seventh grade teachers, for the most part, were amazing teachers. Yeah. There were a couple. Not great. I was, he was amazing. Yeah. I was usually pretty passive in classes. Like, I, if even if I had questions, I would not want to raise my hand in class. I would rather go after class because I'm just that introverted, yeah. shy kid that right. I don't want to raise my hand. But if there was a quiz with Jolly Ranchers involved and I have to raise my hand, you know I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And there was also another trivia thing that we had to do. And I think about this all the time. And it's something that I've just remembered because it's like, 
it's like an inside out with one of those memories, a core memory. This is a core memory. Yeah. This is like my, my I instilled in <laughs> me that I love trivia, core memory. We were doing some sort of quiz. And it was like, if you got the answer wrong, you were cut. And I won this quiz, too, because I just... And all my classmates knew that I was the one that was going to win the quizzes, and they didn't even fight me. <laughs> That's funny. The question was, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was more or less the question where of the where the Australopithecus skeleton of Lucy was found. It was in Africa. They did say in Africa. And I just remember sitting there and going, uh, Ethiopia? <laughs> and he looked at me, and he just went, correct. Oh, my gosh, and I was like, of course. well... <laughs> Nice guess. I'm going to remember that forever. Yeah, and here you did. I He's one of those teachers that I would love to send a message to. Yeah. Like, oh, we brought you up in our podcast. We, we both had such great memories. I remember having this. It was like a, a potluck where you'd pick a country and bring a dish that you would make from that country. And that was really cool, Oh, yeah. Too. I don't remember what so I did. Fun things. I remember I made Spanish meatballs for one of them. I want to be kind of a jerk and go, I did ha- kind of think about it, and I, th- I think it's because of a Far Side cartoon. <laughs> Either way, you got it right. I did. I'm pretty sure there's a Far Side cartoon where they find Lucy, and it's Lucy from Peanuts. Oh, gotcha. And is it, does it say it's in Ethiopia? No, it says it's in southern Uganda. So I don't know why I thought of Ethiopia. I should have said Uganda. Anyway, it's a very funny Far Side cartoon. Hmm. It's called, it's the caption for it is, Rocking the Anthropological World, A Second Lucy is Discovered in Southern Uganda. Huh. It's very funny. See, that's probably the class where I discovered that I, I wanted to be an archaeologist. And I went through that phase for a long, you probably remember that. I even went into college. Oh, like, I remember oh, that I, forever. I, I really to... wanted you to be an, an anthropologist major, yeah. an anthropology major. Because yeah. you and I would always talk about, like, abandoned things and, and things that were, like, ruins of history and, and all that stuff. But it's it's hard. I mean... Yeah, I feel like it, it's probably very hard to get to the position where you're actually out in the field doing that and not teaching yeah. or like working in a museum, which I think would be really fun too. But I love my job now, so I I'm think ha- you would have liked working in a museum. But yeah. then you would have had you you you. I don't think you would have liked being a teacher. No, I wouldn't have, and I think that's why I changed. Because right. even though what I do now is kind of like a teacher, but for the geriatric population in yeah. a way of teaching them life skills but it's way more i don't know like right. working on adapting things and it's i'm glad i'm in the field that i went into oh for sure and you're great at it it's perfect for you so anyway back to our school so we had social studies seventh and eighth grade and eighth grade was more about social studies than it was about we were it was like it was like cultural studies and then our freshman year of high school was western civilization for two years and let me tell you the fact that there's only western civilization drives me insane because i also had to do western civilization for two semesters my freshman year of college and that was it civilization why just western why just western i learned the same things twice it drives me crazy i know so little about Eastern civilization, Southern civilization. Also, Western civilization? What does that mean? Western civilization was just Western Europe. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. I remember working. Why didn't I learn about apartheid? Why didn't I learn about, you know, South American history, Australian history, Asian history? I know it's it's stretched to like (laughs) Egypt because I remember finding all that stuff really fascinating. But yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, there was like some Babylonian Africa, South America. 
yeah, it just it's it, I have this whole lapse that I I this movie, which I'm really grateful for, has really instilled in me that I need to learn more about history. Mm-hmm. I really do. There's so much history, and I'm fascinated by mythology. Yes. I want to learn more. I need to. I need. I used to know a lot more about mythology than I do. I need to to read more about mythology. I need to be reading more. And I'm going to jump in. I did this last week too, but I'm going to jump in right now and say that my decom mission is to read up about apartheid. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be everyone's That's for this week. We'll repeat mission. this at the yeah. end. But even if it's just Wikipedia, even if it's just a little glance at the glance at the Wikipedia page about apartheid to really get a better idea of what this yeah. was, who Biko was. It, it, Honestly, even I'm if it's appalled. even if it's a documentary, if you don't like to read that yep. much, watch a documentary, audiobook, podcast, podcast, movie, like a documentary, something that's not fictional, though. Yes. I would say, mm-hmm. because yes, they can have a lot of truth to them, but even this was not totally truthful. Right. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm appalled at my education, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, and then we had a whole was it a whole year or just a semester of american history which of course that was pretty biased as well with the united states educational system yeah if you took ap it was a year but if you took regular it was a semester i thought i remembered it being a year at that point yeah a push was a full semester and then u.s history i'm pretty sure it was only semester which is crazy and we learned a lot in a push like don't get me wrong but and so i know quite a bit about american history but i would like to know more than just the history of my stupid Mm -hmm. country so yeah because I feel like other countries, they know, well, not so, maybe not all of our history, but they know a chunk of our history. Bit, yeah. And then, like, if I'm traveling and I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about your country, it makes me feel so stupid. I know. It's it's really sad. And then, yeah, our sophomore year, we had to take current affairs or journalism, and that's it. And then our junior year, you had to take U.S. history or AP U.S. history. And then our senior year, you had to take government and economics. Mm-hmm. And I took AP government, so I took it for a full year. But economics was just a, a single semester. And economics, so glad that was on there. Government, so glad that was on there. I feel like I would but, have been so glad that government was on there if I had a good class. But I did not. I'm really great. I've talked about this multiple times. I'm so, 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 so grateful for my AP Gov class. They were... They are some of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, number one. Number two, they're great people and fun people, mm-hmm. and their personalities are wonderful. And number three, I learned so much in that class because I was with these really smart, nerdy kids who cared about learning. And it was one of the safest spaces I've ever been in my life where I was able to be opinionated. I was able to discuss things. I was able to learn things totally free at my own pace without people getting angry at me and there were times where people got angry with me of course but it was it wasn't like my normal situation in school where people would get annoyed that I was too competitive or they would get annoyed that I knew these random things that nobody gave a crap about like it was I appreciate what the teacher in that class did because it was the first year that AP government came back because it was on hiatus for quite a few years and we were like the guinea pig year Mm-hmm. I think that's why uh, that's probably why that I didn't take it because it you didn't, wasn't we didn't available in my area. She let us not lead the class, but she let us run it. She gave it to us for us to run. She would have lesson plans. She would have homework. She would have projects, all that stuff. But we were able to take the topics and really run with them and really see where they went. That's really nice. I wish I would have had that experience because I feel like 
I didn't learn anything from that class. And then it came time where I was of age to vote. And then I had to go learn all this stuff on my own about the government, yes. how it works, who, like, which side I was on. Because I didn't yep. even know up until that point. No, like, the base the base government class in, in our school at that time, at the very least, horrible. And nobody wanted to teach it. And it was one of everyone's – everyone knew – that government was one of their least favorite classes. Like everyone knew that it was going to be terrible. And that's why I went, you know what? There's a loud car outside my house. <laughs> it's like, you know <laughs> well, what? I'm going to take AP. I want another AP. Number one, I'm a nerd loser who likes AP classes and wants college credit. I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. And I knew a couple of my friends were going to be taking it. I knew that Matt was going to be taking it. I knew that Alex was going to be taking it. I knew that Anna was going to be taking it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And we got eight people. And that's all we needed. I think that's actually. such we a nice small group as well. So good. Such I will an gush, intimate setting. <sighs> I will gush about this class for my whole entire life because I am so unlucky. And I talk about this constantly. Everyone I meet who gets to know me will hear me at one point say, I'm so stinking unlucky. And they'll always go, well, don't have that outlook. And I'm like, I'm not unlucky when it comes to big important things when it comes to things that just leave a mark on your life like classes friends schools teachers my ratio of good to bad is so bad it's like it's like it's like i can't i can't give you like an actual ratio because i'm not gonna like break down my whole life right that would take a whole extra podcast (laughs) yeah i like to tell people that i have a negative five to luck and anytime I like, made, like, I made a, I made like a, a character sheet for like, what if I was a bard, and it was like my luck was at zero, and 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 I had a couple other things that were like, very good, but my luck was like super super bad, and it's because you know, I was a weird kid, so I had a lot of trouble making friends. I'm opinionated, and I don't like people to walk all over me, especially authority people, and so I call them out, and that's bad. Huh. They they and see it as bad, especially when they're being ethically wrong. Yeah, and that's bad. And so like, and and my my theater class in college, we got there and we were immediately told that we were bad. Immediately, we walked in the door and they and they were like, "Ugh, you guys are gonna cause problems." And then they hated us the whole four year we were there. Four years we were there, which caused us to be, it caused us to be at odds with each other. It caused us. It caused a lot of inner turmoil in our class. But by the end of our senior year, we were all like you know, screw this. We're fine. Why are you guys telling us we're bad? And the year above us, they were treated like angels. And the year below us, they were treated like angels, but we were treated awful. And that was the same. We were treated terribly. And that's the same thing that happened when I was in school. The year above us, which was Sarah's year, was like the angel year. And the year below us was like another angel year. And so we were treated like crap, despite the fact that we didn't do anything. We didn't have an inordinate amount of people that were bad. We had the same Mm -hmm. amount of people that were bad. It just, it didn't, it didn't make any sense. And I like, I don't like to say, but I, there's a part of me that just thinks it's just like, I'm sorry, everyone. This is my fault. And it's, there are a lot of things that I consider myself unlucky with, but there are other things that I feel very lucky about. I'm lucky about my family. I'm lucky about Sarah. I'm lucky about my cat. And I'm lucky about Ethan. I'm insanely lucky about them. And I'm also insanely, insanely lucky about my AP Gov class. Yes. And I know that's silly. I know that it no, seems really silly, silly that, you know, this class in high school I feel lucky about. But I had so many horrible class experiences over my whole years of 
schooling through college from kindergarten. I have a handful of teachers that left, you know, a remarkable impact on me. And that's both <laughs> positively and negatively. I've talked about my third grade teacher multiple times. I've talked, we've talked about our reading teacher from seventh grade, our social studies teacher from seventh grade. It's just, I'm a very unlucky person. So when I get, <laughs> when I get lucky, when something lucky, what I, when I say is lucky, but isn't necessarily lucky, but is in some way fortuitous happens to me, I cling to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. And that, that was, well, I don't know if you still talk to all eight of them, but that's a good chunk of people that are still in your lives and you're still close with. So we started the class with nine. One person dropped after the first day and then the other person was fine in class but then he like dropped off facebook and kind of dropped off the face of the world and moved out of the our hometown so don't really talk to him but the seven of us we talk yeah that's we big. talk we that's talk every other week that's, that's a lot of people from high school to talk to still <laughs> i i talk to you and one other person like consistently so yeah and we have a discord channel now and you know, we play D&D every other week, and the weeks that we don't play D&D, we'll just kind of, we'll either just, like, hang out or we'll play games if, if we're free. So, I'm so grateful. And I know I talked about this last week, but it came up again. <laughs> it came up naturally, so you had to put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, it's just, I'm I'm really ashamed of our our social studies department, not department, curriculum, because yeah. some of the te- and some of the teachers were bad because they didn't want to be there and some of them were very good. Some of my favorite teachers were social studies teachers. Um shout out to Nortwin, also amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a cool Lucy's rad dad, daughter. If you're listening. <laughs> she's so cool. I've met her and she's rad. Oh, People she's so cool. Know, she makes me feel my, so uncool. <laughs> my younger sister's best friend is the daughter of one of our favorite Social she came to teachers. see my show with Gina in Chicago, which is all about like women power. And she was they like, loved it. I loved it. Oh my it. God. The way that they were talking to me about it, I was like, you should be five years old. I remember when you were five and you're so <laughs> right. adult and so mature and so eloquent. And I'm not. And I feel like an infant. Oh. <laughs> They're so cool. Shout out, shout out forever. I love them. <laughs> anyway, we should get into like yeah, the we actual should. meeting. <laughs> now that week. we've um, told everyone that we, we grew up with. Not a great background on history, yes. which is really sad because we both love so history. But. Yeah. And it, it's made me ashamed of myself, too, for not really taking it upon myself to educate myself more. Same. Yeah. Um, oh, the thing I didn't talk about with the blurb is it does not say who is whom. So when we were when I was reading the blue, the blurb initially, I was like, mm, I bet the girl from South Africa might not be the D- black girl. I didn't and even think about behold, it. I went in just completely like, oh, it's a decom. They're just going to do the usual like, oh, girl from Africa no, is going to so... be black. Girl from Washington, D.C. will be the congressman's family is going to be white. Yep. Which is a, to- a terrible thing to have thought. Like, I know. I, I which did I think too. of myself. I'm like, why did I think that they would do that? Yeah, because I, I, I thought that too, but I just had this twinge that I was like, I, I wonder if it's the other way around. And I'm glad they did it that way because I I think it's important to have, I think it would have been important to have a movie about race relations just in America, but to also have it apply to apartheid and mm-hmm. be a true, sor- a true story was fascinating and unexpected. Yeah. There were a lot of unexpected things in this movie where, I mean... We already know to start it off, I was already surprised by how that happened. But then the way that everything works because of mm-hmm. the way that it was 
yeah. was really interesting to see it play out. They drop the hard R N word twice. They do. The girls do, and it's it's not an it's not a derogatory like to to anyone of color. Yeah. It's explaining the name calling process in apartheid South Africa. Right. They're having a discussion about yeah what they what they call black people where yeah where um what's her name Mari's from yeah and they're just discussing what. Like, what you should use, what you shouldn't use, which a lot of yeah. them were what you shouldn't use. So Yeah. This script was very good. So yeah. the writer and the director, both, I think, still working. The director, for sure. He does a lot of TV. Um, he did an, a couple episodes of This Is Us. He's done a lot. He's working still. They didn't do any other DCOMs. And I think that's very evident. Mm-hmm. Because... I- this decon this is, a, is so much heavier than any other decon we've watched. It's really heavy. And it's tight. Mm-hmm. It's, I think if they had had 10 more minutes to really pack the ending, it would have been perfect. Yeah, I really wish that they would have had more time with this one. Yeah. But there were so many moments where Kira and I were both like hands over our mouths, like shocked by some stuff. We that were... In, like enraptured by this this movie like we, yeah the we dialogue were we were just, the whole time yeah we talked about some things that were like you know off to the side but it, we were we were paying attention to the movie at the same time besides when but, my cat was distracting me but yeah <laughs> treble was not being super helpful to no, this, just playing his litter box for like 20 minutes straight <laughs> yeah so this movie follows piper who's the son of congressman uh, Dellums, who I can't remember his first name. Ron. Who is Ron Dellums? What? Ron Dellums. Ron. Ron Dellums, and he's super involved with trying to end apartheid in in South Africa. And Piper really wants to have an exchange student from Africa come and live with them, and so you learn that they're gonna have a, an exchange student from Africa come and live with them. But nobody knows that it's gonna be a white girl, and the white girl doesn't know that it's gonna be she's gonna be living with a a family of of black Americans. Like she has no idea. And so, obviously, that's that's the crux of the movie and trying to teach Mari that apartheid is bad and that black people are not lesser human beings, which is the fact that she thought that was real and the, and the fact that you can think that someone of a different color is a lesser being, a lesser entity of mm-hmm. a person than you is insane to me. I do not understand right. it. She's I like, cannot, yeah, yeah, these people... People are people. They want to carry around these identification cards because it keeps them safe. They want to do it. It's like... Yeah, they like it. They like that? apartheid. It's like, who, you really are teaching your children that people like being treated like lesser human beings? Like, I just... I just, I just, I, I can't, I cannot fathom that. I just, I just, I just, I, just, I can't. Yeah. I, and I know that it's a thing and I, and I know, it's not like I'm saying like, I, that, that didn't happen. It's unbelievable. I'm saying, I just, the fact that it happens, I am, no, I'm not going to change it to happen. The pla- fact that it happens is just atrocious to me. It just, in the pit of my stomach, I just feel this rock of, disgust mm-hmm. it's awful it's absolutely terrible yeah and bless flora which is murray's family's housekeeper i don't even know what her official servant title of servant, some kind right? yeah but i feel like she was so patient with those kids and she trying to, to teach them to be more accepting in mm-hmm. a way that isn't so like in their face like with the birds and yeah at, at one point murray does go I have a black friend. She's Flora. She's my. She's our our family's, right. you know, housekeeper. And it's just like, she's not 
airframe, okay. but okay. Do you think she <laughs> yeah. would say if she, you know, if she had a choice? Right. And it's, there's a lot of really heavy questions that are asked. At one point, Mari goes downstairs because she can't sleep and she finds a copy of Roots. And then she and the dad, Ron, are talking about how she should read Roots and how she wants to read Roots and she wants to educate herself. It was fascinating. And she picked up Roots and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. all right, this is where we're going. And then at one point she goes, she goes, I have to read a book for school. And I was like, is it Roots? Yeah, it, <laughs> it was wasn't. not Roots. But <laughs> but it was a book about South Africa and she yeah. hadn't read it. And the mm. mom, the mom, who was like the best character in the movie, she's I amazing. Love the mom, yeah. She, she was like, yeah, it's about South Africa, and it was, I was required, it was required reading, reading for me in college or high school. So yeah, so the movie is basically trying to open Mari's eyes, and then at one point, um, something that that they talk about at the beginning of the movie is how um, an activist in South Africa, a black activist, has been arrested and put in jail, and then he dies in jail. And the South African government is like, it was a suicide, but it turns out that he was in the movie. I'm not actually sure what happened his- historically. I'm hoping, not hoping, but I'm I'm expecting that this is the truth, mm-hmm. is that he was beaten by the police and that's how he died. And then there's a whole problem that Mari's parent, her father is a, a policeman. So then Piper's upset. She's like, the police did this. And Mari's like, no, the police are good. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And so they're trying to send her home because of this. But Mari's like, I don't want to leave. And so the congressman has to get things settled so that she can, she doesn't leave. And then, and then the ending's a little rushed where they're like at this African celebration festival. And then Mari goes home and then that's it. Mm-hmm. But it's still one of the, it's, I still think it's the best paced decom we've oh, yeah. seen. Yeah, we got to like 15 minutes left at the end. And I was like, wow, yeah. this was this was really well paced. I didn't think that we were down to 15 already. And then like you said, I also wish that they had more time at the end. I think it's because of the runtime. Like I think their I think their window, their yeah. time slot was too tight. That's my guess. Got to get those commercials in. Yeah. I wish that the epilogue had included what happened to Mari and Piper. Yeah. Instead I, of what it, did they it, all put in there? They put more about they put uh, they put information about apartheid. They put which the did not end. This movie to took South place Africa. in 1977. This mm-hmm. movie took place in 1977, and apartheid was not ended until 86. Mm-hmm. That's nine years, and then it wasn't fully abolished until 94. Yeah, and that's not even that long ago from today. That's... No, that's 27 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's in less than 30 years. That's that's, ah, in our li- that's that's in our lifetime. I, that's, I was born. I was born. I, oh my god, we were alive. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I feel so ashamed of my education. I feel so so ashamed that I don't know more about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm so appreciative that Disney made this movie. It might not be perfect. It's got a lot of flaws, but I think they did a really but good it job. Hits it. As a decom, yeah. directing it towards kids in a way that's not too not not too upsetting it's not for pandering. them to watch, but it yeah. makes them question things and makes them want to learn. Hopefully, it's not patronizing. Yeah, it it it. it I don't want to say it dumbs things down, but it it simplifies a lot of the concepts that were happening in the seventies in America and in South Africa in a way that makes it a lot easier to understand whether you're adult or child. And it's really well done. And I said it pretty early on when we were watching it. I was like, wow, this is doing a really good job of um, giving a lot of exposition on 
how things are in South Africa versus how things are in America in 1977 without being like, and now we're doing this and this is how it is. It was like Mari asking questions and then getting answers. Yeah. That that montage scene where Mari was shopping with Piper and her mom where she was just, yeah. they would cut from one scene where she's asking this question to another store where she's asking this question. And I yeah. think those are all important things that kids should the, know. That montage was a little bit too long. That's true. It did go like the, the fashion part of it where they just like kept trying on clothes at the end. It's like, okay. <laughs> too many outfits. Yeah. But it was fascinating. I was fascinated by this movie. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't watch this until today. I don't remember seeing it on TV. I don't either, which I wish it would have been shown on TV more often. I'm sure it was, but I wish it had been shown more. It needed to be one that we all remember. Mm-hmm. So... Let's start with the moral, because I feel like the moral is a little obvious. Yes. It's but I want to decide on which one it is. Yeah, and like how because to word it. There's a, there's a, there's a couple of options that I have. I have three, with one being a stupid one, and my stupid one is racism slash apartheid is bad. Yes, which is the, our moral or joke moral from Halloween Town three. But obviously, in this movie, they're actually. It's not really Going. a joke. It's it's it really is. It's the accidental true, but it's not. The true moral isn't wrong, right? For Halloween Town, you're talking. No, for this one. Oh, I was gonna say for Halloween Town. Yeah, it was definitely not what they were going for. But <laughs> no, this one. I mean, this they're one, trying yes. to say that racism and apartheid is bad. Yes, like that's not. But it's not. It's not the overarching moral. It's just true. It's just real. Yes. I so I have two. I don't think it's Don't Judge a Book by its cover. I think it's a little more than that. Yeah. My second one that I have is It's What's on the Inside That Counts. And I don't think it's exactly that, but I do think it's it's not what's on the outside. It, there's like, it's not the color of your, there's, there's a moral that's like it's not the color of your skin. I meant to look this up before. It is something along, so, along the lines of like, it's not the color of your skin, but the quality of your heart or something like that. Yeah, that sounds like it would be one right there. Yeah. Or, it's not how you look, it's what you do. It's it's not how you look, it's who you are. Just keep putting that, altering that one, just alter that one moral from Kim Possible and Brink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what morals did you have? I had a couple. Well, first of all, I took the one right off the poster, which is look beyond black and white and you'll find the color of friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to put that one on there because it's right on the poster. <laughs> I also have, um, mostly for Mari, but also applies to everyone, be open to change and keep an open mind. Like, mm-hmm. be open to changing yourself, I guess, and changing your views and keeping an open mind. Mostly for Mari, but also with the congressman's family. I feel like they also opened their mind to her experience. Found a quote. Those who cannot change their mind cannot change anything. So that's that. And then I also had, it's never too late to give up your prejudices. Ooh, that's actually a really good one. Mm -hmm. Which I like that one the most. That one actually might be it. Um, Which is actually, sorry, my leg is asleep. So give me a second. (sighs) We've been been in here too long. (laughs) No, I was cramping my legs crossed in a really stupid way. So. Another thing that I just thought of is there's a South Pacific song, like a song from the musical by Rodgers and Hammerstein, South Mm -hmm. Pacific, called You've Got to Be Carefully Taught. 
I feel like we've talked about this before, haven't we? Yep. We probably have. It's a very important song that uh, the producers tried to cut from the show, and Arthur Logan and Rogers and Hammerstein were like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So the lyrics that I think of this this song are the most powerful to me, because it's not a perfect song. It's got a bad line about people whose eyes are oddly made, but, you know, it's the 50s, whatever. Uh, they were wrong about a lot of things. Yes. You've got to be taught before it's too late, before you are six or seven or eight, to hate all the people your relatives hate. You've got to be carefully taught. Yeah, that's that's a strong set It's of so strong. Mm-hmm. And I think about that line constantly because it's not wrong. And it's exactly what happens mm-hmm. in this. Yep. And I think, what was your quote? It's never too late to give up your prejudices. Yeah. Because that's one of those things where kids aren't born seeing, like, the differences between yeah. blacks, black and white. They they are taught that. Mm-hmm. And it's great to be taught about your own race and your own heritage. I'm not saying that we should erase race because that's wrong. Right. But we should erase the hate. Yes. The. We should be teaching the appreciation of different cultures and backgrounds, not the opposite, yeah. where we beat them down. <laughs> So, I think the moral is you've got, it's never too late to give up your prejudices. I think that one is the cleanest. Yeah. I think we could use that that song. If I can find one that it actually matches what I was trying to say, maybe we'll bring it back for the, the end of season wrap up, but probably not because I'm not good at that. <laughs> I think this movie does a good job. Yes, I would agree with that. I was I was really scared going into it, mm-hmm. not knowing if they were going to do a good job with it, but mm-hmm. I, I think they definitely did. The dialogue's very good. It's very good. At supporting it's the very, moral. As we said, it's very well simplified. Mari, Mari does end up changing as far as we know, but we don't actually know what happened to Mari. We would have to do some actual digging research about right, what happened to the, yeah, the her. Her name story. is Carrie. In real life. C-A-R-R-I-E. Is the other girl still, is her name actually Piper or did hers? I think so. Okay. I wonder The why only reason I know one. that is because it was in the IMDb trivia. What are you thinking? Um, I definitely want to give it higher. I think I still want to go above Teen Beach Movie. I'm thinking about doing 9.5 for yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because I have Teen Beach movie at... I have Teen Beach 2, which I'm pretty sure I have higher than Teen Beach 1. Yeah, I have that. 9.25. So I want to do a 9.5 for this one. Yeah. I don't think it's perfect. But I don't think... It's not... It's not that I'm like, you know, the Scream Team is still so much better. I need to do more research on what happened to Carrie. Yeah. And maybe down the line we will move it also to a 10 with Scream Team. I think it's... I don't think it's ever going to happen where we're just going to give something a 10 for... Moral or test of time. Didn't right we do bat. that for Scream Team? No. We left it. We let, put it at 9.5 and then at the... Don't you remember, Sarah, the entire time after we were watching it, we were like, yeah, probably in the wrap-up we're going to move it to a 10. Yeah. And then we did, didn't we? In the wrap-up. Yeah. Oh, no, right. I was talking that's about... what I, yeah, that's what I was talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> no, <we moved> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. We did change it. <laughs> no, we changed it to a 10. No, I thought you meant right, we put it as a 10 right away. No. no I'm saying we're, we're probably never going to watch a movie and then immediately in our discussion go okay. that's a 10 gotcha. yeah that's true or that's an a plus like it's gonna it those are things that i feel deserve a bit of stewing over yes especially one that's this important yes now let's talk about the test of time 
because the test of time is tougher. And for a very specific reason. And that's that this country hasn't really changed much in regards to its racism practices since 1977. Like we said, this movie came out in 2000, but it was set in 1977. And there were numerous things during this movie where I was, I went to Kira and I was like, oh, so things haven't changed at all, I see. So it's difficult to rate it. Yeah. It's hard. Because it holds up as a movie very well. Mm-hmm. And that's partially because it's t- it takes place in the 70s. And it does a good job of taking place in the 70s without overtly being like, 70s, 70s, 70s. Where, you know, it's got all the co- it's got the costumes, it's it's got the cars, but it's not making a joke out of it. It's just people living their lives in the 70s. Yeah. So it does that. It does that well. There weren't effects that needed to be held up. There, It was not no. an effect type of movie. It was well-written dialogue. <sighs> I'm feeling a nine. I am too. I was just looking at Teen Beach Movie again, and I have that one at a nine. I think I also have it at a nine. I'll probably... I, it's very possible I'll bump this up from a nine to like a 9.5 mm-hmm. or something. I don't but think again, it's a ten. Again, we need to stew over it, do our research, which is our mission for the week. I don't think we're ever going to find a 10 test of time movie. I just no. don't I just don't think that's going to happen. But I think a 9 is fair for this one. I think a 9 is really fair for this movie. And it's possible again that we'll alter this once we read more about a part more about Mari/Carrie and and the Delms family, but for now it didn't feel like I was watching a dated movie. Right. Which is both good and bad. It should have felt like, oh, wow, I can't believe people were this racist. But no. Yeah. And I guess that's not the fault of the movie that... No, not at all. <laughs> things haven't changed. Yeah. Which is why I don't want to give it anything lower. You don't want to fault it's the also, movie. Yeah. It's why I can't mm-hmm. give it a 10. Yep. Not that I think that it is a 10, but it's why I feel like I can't give it anything higher than a 9. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Huh. I don't. I feel like there should be more to talk about in regards to test of time, but I feel like we've we've talked about it. I feel like it's it's been covered. Yeah, and like I said before, it's just the way that they make things understandable for kids that I think yes. also holds up holds up very well over time. Yes, and adults too, people like us. Mm-hmm. So I think they did such a good job with that. Yeah, they tackle think racial slurs, police brutality, privilege. They tackle so many things. Very little of this movie feels censored. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the language, whether it is, oh. I don't know. Yeah, we were so shocked by it, but it wasn't like we said earlier. It wasn't in a derogatory way. No, I was calling someone that. Glad that they did that. I was. Yeah, it's informative, and it's a shock value that. Is necessary. Otherwise, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. I just appreciate the candor of this movie. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it not pussyfooting around because the kids are young and, you know, it's their tender years. Oh, no. Because kids are not squishy piles of jello. They're human beings who need to learn. Yeah. Which I feel like is something that the newer DCOMs tend to do is kind of beat around the bush with that kind of stuff. Everything is made for four-year-olds. And it's not like things shouldn't be made for young kids, but they forget that a lot of kids watching DCOMs are in middle school. Mm -hmm. And this is a movie that's good for, 
it'll go over the heads of really young kids. But starting in elementary school, people, kids will understand what's going on. Yep. Maybe not fully, but they'll get, they'll have a good idea. I'm giving this movie an A. Yeah, so am I. Again, don't want to give it that A plus yet, but it's, no. it's got to have an A. I mean, we gave it nines. Yeah. So I feel like it's kind of a given to give it an A. And just based on the fact that it, it had a higher rating in moral support than Teen Beach Movie, I feel like I have to give it a higher ranking than Teen Beach Movie. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to give it a 96 for I'm now. Scrolling. I might change that. But, I mean, Teen Beach is also our only other A movie at this point. Ah. I have Teen Beach movie. Yeah, I have a tiny... Yeah, <laughs> I have Teen Beach movie at a 97. So I guess I'll put this at a 98. Yeah. Which, again... Which, again, like, down the road we might bump this to an A+, but it's, like, just for now. Yeah. It needs to stew to be able to deserve that. And more research is... I guess I'm saving A+, for a, a 99 and 100. Or I can bump... Or, yeah, I guess I could put Teen Beach movie at a 96, but I think I'm... I'm just gonna... I'm just going to keep this at a 98. Yeah. Like I said, like I'm I'm putting it as an A right now because I need to do a little bit more research into the movie, into what it, into its topic that it's covering to make sure that we're not overlooking some horrible thing that it missed or horrible thing that it lied about to make sure exactly that it deserves this A+, that it deserves being a really it's really remarkable to begin with, but to be truly nearly one of a kind. In regards to DCOMs. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever see a DCOM like this again. No. And the part of the reason... And this is... It's not similar in the same vein, obviously. But it's part of the reason we really liked the Scream Team, which I will probably bump up to an A- at some point, is because it covered such a tender, scary topic well without being patronizing and pandering to children. This is covering terrifying racism and that was covering the horrific idea of life after death or not life after death but uh, what happens after death and that's terrifying topics for kids Mm -hmm. but it did it in a way that made it approachable i don't want to say it made it better or less scary but it made it approachable right and this movie as a whole had a better script and better acting than the scream team which is why it's a better movie than the scream team Mm -hmm. but in regards to morals they're really close i wrote a couple other things down about this movie i have one quote one thing that's a, a, a subtitles captions goof and then a couple things that are just kind of weird about the movie uh the south african accents were very weirdly close to british which South African accents are really unique. And there were only a couple of people that were supposed to be South African that might have been South African. I didn't look it up, but they sounded actually South African. Yeah. But Mari spoke like this with a few other little South African things mixed in, despite the fact that she's from Los Angeles. Right. Like, I get it's maybe a harder accent to master. But they had but to I have feel had like, a dialogue like, coach. Yeah. They had to. They probably have child actors who could have come from South Africa. Yeah. Maybe. That would have been cool. (laughs) It's crazy. I I just thought of the fact that uh, 1994 was just six years. Six years before this movie was made. Wow. Uh, Time is terrible. 
There was a part where, okay, so for, first of all, when Mari comes off the plane, they the the mom and Piper don't see her. And so they go to the agent and they go, hi, we're looking for, for a Mari Bach. And Mari goes, I'm Mari Bach. And then the mom turns around and goes, oh, no. And then she says, but she's white. Yeah, and Piper goes, but she's white. Because they were all expecting a, a, a you know, black South African. And, um... And it's a whole big deal with a congressman and he's trying to make a big deal and use it for promotion and he's trying to end apartheid, and which is kind of a terrible thing for him to do. Not terrible, but it's like kind of, you know, iffy for him to do anyway. Yeah. And so, then Mari doesn't realize that Piper and her mom, who are picking her up from the airport, are the, the congressman's family that she's going to be staying mm-hmm. with. So they go to meet up with the congressman and he or and she says, oh, you're the family. Mari says that. She said, and you're the congressman. Like, she, she can't believe that she's staying with a black family. She thinks it's a joke. She yeah. laughs at it. She's like, what a joke. And she's in, like, a room full of black men, which, to her, probably would have been really scary. And there's a really interesting part where they're in an ice cream shop. And in the beginning of the movie, she was at a restaurant with her family. And one of the servers, who's a black kid, bumps into a guy and drops a plate. And the guy basically calls him the South African equivalent of the hard R N-word. And Mari just brushes it off. Mm-hmm. But then there's a black server in this ice cream shop in D.C. And he accidentally spills on one of the white patrons. And Mari is expecting this guy to hit him. And she says, please don't hit him under her breath. And the guy's just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Actually, could you get me one of these Sundays? It's delicious. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there thinking about, I was like, how are they going to... How are they going to make Mari feel about this? Is she going to be scared? And the fact that she was scared was fascinating Mm -hmm. because, you know, it shows that she she does care about this guy. She doesn't want him to get hit, which makes you wonder how she did feel in South Africa and if this was all an act and if this was what she actually thought or just what she expected people for her to think. Or had she just grown that much since she was living with Piper and her family? Yeah. just It's just fascinating. I have a quote that is... Uh, Piper brings a milkshake to Mari after she's locked herself in Piper's room, which she's not supposed to be in. And she goes, she tries to give her the shake. She goes, you do drink chocolate, don't you? Or maybe you'd prefer vanilla. Or she said, or maybe you'd like vanilla. And I was like, girl. I know. That, nice. was, that was my favorite line from the movie. It was. It was the only one I wrote down. It was it's incredible. And the girl who played Piper's delivery was magnificent. She was not bad as Nebula, but she was much too nice as Nebula. She didn't have, like, the sass. This which movie, is she's crazy. got sass. Because she's got so much sass in this movie. So I think her direction at writing for Xenon is equal was bad. So yeah. I give her retroactively more props there you go i like i liked the music in this movie they started off it with was. funk music it just said the, su- mm. the subtitles funk music playing it was such good funk and soul and motown are my favorite genres of music and they're the, like i get anytime i need to get pumped up i listen to, to soul music like wilson pickett james brown gladys knight and the pips the four tops technically they're just called four tops my favorite band in the whole universe is four tops because it's just Levi Stubbs' voice is that amazing bassy baritone that just first of all he played Audrey too in the Little Shop of Horrors movie and that made me lose my mind when I realized it when I was older I was like oh my god that's <laughs> Levi Stubbs he's he puts 
this is gonna sound cheesy but he puts so much soul into, into his, his soul music yeah he's ugh. and i i could talk about the four tops all day i love them i have two records of the four tops and i want more yeah that reminds me of the scene in the movie when we thought they were gonna be like dapper dans when they were having their ice cream they came out to sing to them so bad i was gonna mention this yeah too. and then we're like oh they're not dapper dans because they're not singing harmonies they're just all well two three of them guys two, three of them are the singing the same melody same notes and then one guy just going like it's so funny I was very disappointed. <laughs> the last thing that I have is there was a caption that just said, sad, sad soul music plays yes. on stereo. I feel like I probably wrote that one. <laughs> I want a picture of me looking really sad with the caption, sad soul plays on stereo. <laughs> so for the Instagram and the Twitter that I swear to God, I will update this week. I didn't do it this week because I had a really bad week of work and I'm really sorry, everybody. Um, I'm going to make a caption with a picture of me looking real sad, going, sad soul music plays on stereo. Uh, please do. Yeah. I'll make a Twitter and follow just for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you for the Instagram. Thanks. <laughs> do you have anything else? I don't have anything else, no. Oh, wow. This is a longer episode. We're not sorry. If it... We could have made this a lot longer. There's a lot more of the movie we could have talk- talked about. We could have broken this down scene by scene, but we don't want to do that because we want people to go watch it. Yeah. Yep, half exactly. of your half of your decommission is to read up on apartheid and half of your re- decommission is to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. You could, because like us, you could watch this movie and then read about it and then yep. see how they compare to each other. And then comment on our post about this and tell us yeah. what you think. Your perspectives mm-hmm. on things. And we'll consider things when we do the wrap up. Definitely. Yeah. We want to talk We want to talk to people about this. We want to know other things people might have noticed, books people are reading. We'll post what we're reading for sure so people can have an idea. I think possibly going forward, my decom mission might, especially about things that are biographical, it might be to just take a minute to learn about these things. Yeah. Like I know... You know, I, retroactively, maybe for Brink, I would have read a book about inline skating and the history of skating in L.A. Yeah. For Double Teamed, I wish I would have read more about the actual twins and yeah. what actually happened with them. I really want to read books about mermaids. After the 13th year. 13th year. Ethan and I have been just going, 13th year. Anytime anything with the number 13 comes up. I don't know if there would have been a book for that. So, like, yeah, it's not going to be for everything. But anytime I feel like there's something I could learn more about, I really want to push myself to read about it yeah and i think that will help with the moral aspects of it of the of these movies because that is that is our besides wanting to reconnect as friends and, and you know keep not reconnect connect and keep connected as friends i guess mm-hmm. is make this podcast we we really do want to find the morals we want to we want to find what disney was trying to teach us as children because it's obviously affected our lives mm-hmm. so it's it i feel like this would add to that so anyway next week we're watching motocross i wonder if it'll be as important as this movie uh, I'm gonna definitely guess not. definitely as important as this one i'm very glad actually that cadet kelly is not for another week because kira's so excited for cadet kelly i'm excited just to watch this movie i'm very excited for cadet kelly but also i'm glad that it's not following this movie because if it was following this movie i would definitely rank it lower 
because it's just such I'd a be like, well, it's yeah. not, you know, it's yeah. historically important. This one was so. very important, and then we're going to one that's fun, but maybe not as important. Yeah, morally, <laughs> I don't know the moral, so I guess I can't judge it yet. But right, and I, I remember I've seen Motocrossed. I know I've seen Motocrossed. And I think I, I liked it. I feel like I watched it kind of recently because we talked about it, but it was before we talked about doing a podcast. So it's been a long time. No, dang but... it. I've seen Motocrossed. I think I like Motocrossed. I know I've seen Right on Track. Wait, I, I now which I one like have I seen? Of them. <laughs> this movie <laughs> is a loose adaptation of William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Okay, learn something new. This is going to be an interesting movie. Motocrossed is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I know I like Right on Track because Right on Track is the one with uh, Brie Larson, and I remember. Oh wait, that maybe weird. that's is that the one where she she cuts her hair and I just pretends to be her brother or something to. That's Motocross. Okay, so that's the one I've seen. I've seen both of Not them. Not to give it away, spoiler. <laughs> it's based on Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night is all about dressing up as your brother. I'm looking up Right on Track because I'm I'm positive I've seen this. It's about sisters. And this is all about. Yeah, because this one's about drag racing, and I remember seeing the one about drag racing, too, because Monocross is about bikes. I've seen both of them. Mm-hmm. Who is Beverly Mitchell, and why do I why do I recognize her face every time I see the right on track thing? She was in Seventh Heaven. Okay, I definitely didn't watch that. I don't think I've seen her on anything else, but for some reason, I think it's just that movie, because I saw that. I used to watch... No, I think I watched right on track a lot. But anyway, next week is Monocrossed, <laughs> and then Cadet Kelly, and then we'll go on from there. So read a book, watch the movie, it'll be great, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Bye.